Prayer is kind of a unique thing in our world. It is a distinctly religious idea. I think most people, when you say prayer, think of religious something. They think religion in some sense. And yet, I would say most humans have done it, whether they're religious or not which I think is interesting. A 2004 study showed that 30% of atheists admitted to praying sometimes. I don't know who to, what to, or anything like that. Another 17% said they prayed regularly. And so what that says is the majority of humans at some point in their lives have prayed, whether they believe in God or not. And that to me is just evidence that we have been built with this instinctual knowledge that We have a creator who hears our prayers when we cry out to him. And prayer is just undeniably one of the more common human experiences. Because, again, you look across the board and just about everybody has prayed at some point in their life. But one of the things that I I think is unfortunate, and one of the reasons why I wanted to spend a few weeks talking about this, is I sometimes get the feeling that we're not very good at prayer I look at my own life, um, and I have a bit of an unhealthy relationship with prayer. Just to, you know, if we're going to be honest and start this, uh, this series off with this hope that maybe we're going to pursue God in prayer a little more uh, earnestly, um, I just got to tell you, I just don't think my prayer life is all that healthy. For one, uh, it's incredibly selfish. I mean, not just are the, is the content of my prayer selfish, but like the reason I pray is selfish. Uh, one of the most common prayers I remember praying when I first became a Christian was I would uh, pull into church on Sunday mornings, and I would be sitting in my car writing my, my offering check, you know, my 10% of my very eager, meager earnings, excuse me, from my part-time job as a security guard. Doesn't that make you feel safe, right? That This is who they hire for security guards. So I'm writing out my check, right? And I remember multiple times praying, you know, God, if you let me win the lottery, I would definitely give you 10% back. Like, just look at this. I'm being faithful here in a little, and not a lot of people will do that. So if you're going to let anybody win the lottery, you should probably let it be me because it would be a good idea because I would help your church with that, you know. And I'm not thinking about the 10%. I'm not eager to give. Why am I praying that prayer? Because I want the 90. I want whatever the multi-mega-million-dollar lottery thing is. I want 90% of that. Sure, God can have 10 as long as he, you know, Cuts, in, cuts me in on the deal, and, and that's how that works, okay? It was all about me trying to bribe God to give me lots and lots and lots of money. Again, no, I didn't want God. I didn't want anything he had to offer except the cash. And so that was like one of the best examples that not only was the content of my prayer selfish, but I probably wouldn't have prayed anything if it wasn't thought, hey, I wonder if God l- would let me win the lottery. Like, that's the only reason I stopped before I went into church to pray. And so selfishness is revealed in my prayers, and especially by how often I pray. I mean, again, if I'm being honest here, I struggle to pray at times. It's, it's one of those things that if I got a lot going on, prayer is the furthest thing from my mind. Uh, you know, it's one of those, you know, you got a lot of stuff to do going on in the day. I can't, I can't stop and pray. I got too much going on. I'll get to it later. You know how that works. Like those things you're going to get to later, they never happen. And so that's just kind of part of my life. I forget prayer among the busyness of all the other things to do until something in life makes me feel desperate or scared. One of my greatest sources of anxiety is the health of my kids, which I think is a lot of parents, right? And so of the various times that our kids have gotten really sick or we've had to do ER runs and stuff like that, guess what? 
This guy who forgets to pray all, all the time suddenly turns into a 24-7 prayer warrior. Like, how does that? Like, because why? I want something. I need something. I need help. And I'm, I've exhausted my energy, and I need God to come through for me. Um, a few years ago, I really started struggling with anxiety. I think I've always done, struggled with anxiety, but it really kind of overcame me a few years ago. And um, one thing that I started doing during those few weeks or months was I would get up in the mornings, and I would walk around town and, and pray, and it was incredibly helpful, and, and such a, a, aside from the anxiety part, that was a good season of prayer for me. But what happened as my anxiety got under control? Hmm, prayer went from the front of my mind to the back of my mind again. And, uh, you know, as a pastor, and I, I assume that a lot of people probably assume that that's all I do is pray. He probably just sits in his office and prays. I know some people have weird th thoughts of pastors, you know, right? But it's like, uh, that's a little bit of, you know, shame that I feel because of that. But even more, just as a Christian, I feel like a spoiled kid who only talks to his dad when he wants money. Like, that's what my prayer life is representative of. Like, I don't, okay, God, okay, you're up there, everything's fine, it's fine. Oh, no, I need something. Okay, no, 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 Heavenly Father. And that's when I turn to God in prayer. And the reason I tell you that is because I've got a hunch that I'm not the only one. I mean, if the pastor's doing it, probably some other people in the church struggle with this idea of prayer as well. Um, I think many of you who are Christians would say prayer is important. And you would probably even say prayer is a necessary part of being a Christian. And yet you don't do it very often. Or you don't do it with maybe the, the attention that you feel that you know prayer deserves. And then I do know, though, that some of you are like, well, that's not me. Because some of you, you find prayer, praying, excuse me, you find praying as easy as breathing. Some of you are just like really legitimate prayer warriors. It just is something that comes out of you. Things are good, thank you God. Things are bad, help God. I mean, you just are always praying, and that's just how your life works. It's your first resort, not your last resort. And I don't want to say that you're, not, that you're doing anything wrong. I want to say that the rest of us would like to be more like you. And some of us have that, that makeup, that built, uh, that building, and that programming, and the rest of us, I think, want to follow suit in that. And so for those of us who maybe struggle to pray, we want to be more like that. We want prayer to stop being our last resort and have it start being our first resort. We want it not to be that thing that we just turn to when we're, we've exhausted all the other options. You know, there's that common phrase, well, the only thing we can do now is pray. Well, the first thing maybe we should do is pray. Why would we keep the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving God of the universe as the backup to our backup to our backup? That does not make any sense. It's like we're, we, we treat life like it's a game show and we've only got so many lifelines, so we don't want to tap into God's power until we really, really need it because we, we're, we're going to run out? No, he's a good father. He wants to take care of us. And so as we pursue this series in prayer and hopefully become people who don't just talk about prayer but, but actually pray, uh, we want it to be a vital part of our lives. We want to, to make it to be this habitual thing, this thing that is vital, this thing that, that becomes so important to our life that it is like food or water or a deep breath of fresh air. We want prayer to be this powerful thing because that's what prayer is just to put a, a definition on it which is kind of hard believe it or not but prayer is the powerful ability to speak to our God who lovingly hears us that's what prayer is it prayer is it is the powerful ability that you and I have to speak with our heavenly father and and I just want you to think about how amazing that is okay I want to make you feel really small and insignificant for but a moment myself included you are one tiny speck on a planet that is one tiny speck 
in a solar system, that is one tiny speck in a galaxy, that is one tiny speck in the unfathomable hugeness of the universe, of which a God who is bigger than all of it created it, more powerful than all of it created it. He spoke galaxies into existence. His words lit suns on fire, and we have the ability to pray to that God, and he actually takes the time to hear us, to listen to us. Prayer, it should be this thing that actually, when we really stop and think about it, is a bit humbling, is a bit awe-inspiring, that this God would, would even care about you, care about me. This tiny little speck who's on this little tiny dirt ball flying around the sun for a moment. I mean, our lives in the grand course of history, we're here for a flash, and he cares about you. He loves you, and he gives you the opportunity to reach out to him and seek his help and seek his care and seek his guidance. And so that is something that each and every one of us need to do because it honestly makes no sense to neglect prayer. The fact that Christians struggle to pray, it is, it is just something that if you make, try to logically look at it, it does not make sense because it is such an amazingly beautiful resource. And so this month, we're going to give our prayer lives a little kick start. Hopefully, that's the goal. And we need to pray, again, we need it to be this habitual thing like food and water. We need to rewire our brains so the first thing we think of when life is good is God and his hand in our lives. The first thing we think of when life gets bad is God and his ability to help us and lead us and guide us through things. We need to speak, we need to commune, we need to talk with this God of the universe, not treat him like a, a last resort lifeline. We were made to pray. And not only that, I think this lack of prayer, honestly, has held us back from receiving some of the many blessings that God wants to give to, to us. Because, I mean, he's a, a good, loving, heavenly father. He loves you. He wants your life to go good, not go bad, right? I mean, that's just the nature of who he is. He wants things to go well for you. He wants you to have not just an earthly life that, that honors him, but he wants you to have a heavenly life. Be saved from your sin and all that stuff. And because he is so good... He wants to give you good things. So when we pray, I think he's often just waiting for us to ask for some of the stuff. And yet we pass it over because we don't think to pray. And so I don't want to miss out on aspects of, of what God has for me just because I never took the time to ask. Now, today what I want to do, today and next week actually, I just want to cover some of the basics of prayer. And there's two reasons I want to do that. The first is because if you are newer to faith, newer to Christianity. One of the most common questions people who are kind of introducing themselves to faith or reintroducing themselves to faith is, how do I pray? And if you grew up in church, you don't ever think that anybody should ever have that question because you just grew up. You've been hearing people pray since you were, uh, you know, itty-bitty, itty-bitty, right? And, and yet, so we fail to answer that question sometimes. It's just simply, how do I pray? The second reason I want to answer this question is because most of us learned to pray by hearing someone else pray. And so there are things that we do in our prayers, and we don't know why we do them. We don't know why we say, amen. What is that word? Amen. It means prayer over. It's like, it's like the send on an email, right? That's kind of how we think of amen. We're going to talk about that in this series, just because prayer is, is such an important thing. We need to know why we are saying what we're saying when we talk to the God of the universe. So we're going to answer two questions today, and then we'll come back and do some more basic answering of just what prayer is as we start this series off. Um, so the first question is, do we need to speak in a certain way when we pray? Man, this is a common one. This one really throws a lot of people off when they first think, I'm going to pray, because 
Again, if you have had any experience with traditional church background, or maybe even hearing someone in a TV show pray. They tend to pull that like more traditional background Christian when they are, are casting and writing for TV shows and movies and stuff. But if you've ever heard someone from a more traditional setting pray, it sounded like they were quoting Shakespeare. And you thought, man, that was a pretty prayer. Holy smokes. I have no idea what they said, but man, it, was, it sounded really really nice. All the these and thous, you know, thy great and immense heavenly Father, I cometh into thy presence to thank thee for the gift of eternal life, and I seeketh thy divine aid in my hour of deepest need and distress. I, please protecteth me from your, or with your heavenly host, and remindeth me that of thou dearest love for me. And, you know, we, we, we hear that, and we're like, I don't get all the ifs and ifs and thous and these, and, and we can get lost in that. And so some people think, if that's how I have to pray, because that's all I've ever heard, people pray like that, if that's how I have to pray, then I don't even know where to start. So the question, do I have to pray a certain way? And the answer is no. You don't have to pray with old King James English. I'll tell you, if you had that experience, the reason that somebody prays like that is because when they grew up in church, the first time they connected with God, their, their spiritual growth took place in a time when that was the Bible that they used, the King James Version, which was written in an older form of English. And that language has a spiritual connection to them. It has spiritual significance to them that when they pray and talk that certain way, even though they might not talk that way in any other corner of life, they feel like this is just the way that they should connect with God, and that's totally fine. But that doesn't mean that's the only way to pray or the right way to pray. Um, just because somebody prays that way, that's fine. Um, basically, when, it, when, we need to, when we come to God and to pray, we need to simply talk to God in a way that's comfortable and respectful like you would to anybody that you love, to anybody that you care about. And hopefully as we go through the series, that'll become a little more clear of what actually our prayers should look like. Now, the second question, and I want to spend a little time on this one, is, am I supposed to hear God talking back? Because you start praying, and you say things, and you're like, well, God, can I have this? God, you going to heal me of this? Where, where are you? You know, and you pray, and yet you're, you're waiting to hear the voice of God, and all you hear is crickets outside your window, or your spouse snoring on the pillow next to you, and you're like, come on, I thought this was supposed to be like a give and take. I thought this was like a divine phone call or something like that. And so we can kind of start to wonder, what exactly is prayer? Um, is prayer just you talking to God, or is prayer supposed to have some sort of back and forth, and you're just missing it? And you think, I'm not doing it right. I'm not praying the right words. I'm not saying the right formula. I'm not doing something right, and it's not working for me. Well, let me just say, personally, I have never in my life audibly heard the voice of God. I've never played, dear Lord, yes. I've never heard like that before. Hey, God, can I? Absolutely not. Like, I've never heard my, that's just never happened to me before. I, I have um, friends and, and people that I know that are very spiritual that would say a few times in their life, they feel like they did hear an, a, the audible voice of God say, do this, don't do this, here's what I have for you, something like that. But the people that I know that would say that would say, that has been the rarity. It has not been something that was a regular practice, but rather one of those like boom, huge spiritual moments that like became a defining moment of their life, not the regular thing that happened to them. And so, but let me say this, I, I don't discount that, that even though I've never heard the voice of God, here's one thing I know about God, he can do whatever he wants to do. That's just a good thing to believe, by the way. If, if God exists, if he really is as big and powerful and eternal, if he wants to just make you turn upside down and walk on your hands for the rest of your life just because he wants to, I think he has the power to do that. 
He won't do that. But God has the power to do whatever he wants to do. And if some reason he wants to speak audibly into your life, he will do that. But I think the, the rule is typically going to be that when we pray, we are not going to hear an audible voice from heaven. And yes, you do see in scripture, you can look at people praying and sometimes God shows up and says, hey, what can I do for you, Moses? And speaks to them out of a burning bush or whatever. But for the most part, when you look at how prayer is taught, especially in the New Testament, um, we're not really taught to sit there and wait for the audible answer. Um, in Luke chapter 11, this is Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. So the Lord's Prayer that most people know is from Matthew, but this is Luke's version of that same story, and so it's a little different. But, but in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, that's John the baptizer. We talked about him last week, and apparently these guys knew that John had taught his disciples to pray, and they're saying, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive anyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So it's a little bit shorter than the Matthew version, but basically you'll see Jesus tells us how to speak to God, how to approach God, and there's a lot of stuff actually in there about the attitude we need to have when we come to God and all that, but he never says, and then God will respond. There's no, he doesn't tell us to sit there and wait for a response necessarily, and so when when you're reading it, uh, or when you, when you come to, to pray, I think prayer, the primary purpose of prayer is for you to talk to your Heavenly Father. And for a lot of people, they feel like that's a little bit of a short answer because they say, no, prayer is supposed to be this holy and divine conversation. And, and I'm not saying that some people don't experience that, but from my, you know, just talking to a lot of Christians, we're not getting that other end of the conversation when we pray. We pray, and we can talk to God, and we ask God for things, and very rarely do we feel like we get that boom, instant response from God. Now, yes, God does answer prayers and give us guidance, and so that might make you ask, okay, then how does God speak to us? Well, hopefully you've got one. If you don't, we can get you one today, but I think the primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible, and and when you come to the Bible, I, think, I don't think you have to, it doesn't, he doesn't just speak to you when you read it yourself. I think God can, can speak to you through the word when you hear it taught or hear it preached. Or sometimes you've got a very godly, much wiser person than you come up and say, hey, what you're doing is really dumb. The Bible says you should do this. This is something God taught somebody. And, and then you're like, oh, you're right. That can be a way that God uses his word to speak to you through somebody who loves you and knows the word very well. But once this book was written and compiled, I think this became the primary way that God has chosen to speak to people. And I think far too often, as Christians, we sit there and we're like, I prayed and God didn't give me an answer, and I prayed for direction, which school to go to, which job to take, which this, which that, and God didn't answer, and I'm so frustrated, I don't know how to live my life, I don't know where to go, and I just think God's probably up in heaven going, I gave you 66 books of instruction and guidance and teaching and, and to, to explain to you and model for you. I even came into the world to model for you grace and love and compassion and character. And here it is. And I've spoken in so many ways. And you're looking for me to put a big 
billboard right in the middle of your path in life so you can, you know, know where to go. Maybe if we were more familiar with God's word, we would, some of these questions would, would answer themselves in, in many, many ways. And so I wonder if maybe the primary way God speaks to us is through his word, and some of the times we feel that God is just shockingly silent is because we have no real experience getting into his word. And so I, uh, I think that for the most part, the Bible, or excuse me, prayer is for us speaking to God, and the Bible is for God speaking to us. Now, do I think there are going to be exceptions to that rule? Absolutely, because as I said a minute ago, God can do anything, whatever he wants. Yeah, God can do anything, right? And so I think God can speak to us any way he wants. But I think typically the way this works, the way the formula seems to line up is that prayer is for us to talk to him, and this is the way he speaks to us most of the time. And in Hebrews chapter 4, we get this beautiful little verse that a lot of us know, we've heard it a bunch of times, but here's what it says. This is for the word of God, that's the Bible, is living and active. Okay, it's not old and dead, that's what a lot of people think. It's, it's, it, yeah, it can be a touch boring, but most of the time, the, the, the reason that we find it boring is just because we don't understand what, where, where we're reading in the story. You know, you open the New Testament. Well, there's plenty of Old Testament that's already happened. If you don't know the setting, it, the places and the names, it just is all confusing and it makes it boring. But this says that the Word of God is living and active. It wor- it's still working in our lives. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Naked and exposed. It sounds like a bad dream, you know, being in front of your, going to high school with no pants on or something like that. Um, but, but basically what he's saying here is the reason that, that it cuts so deep and the reason it exposes us so much is because the Bible has this ability. The words of God have the ability to get into our hearts and expose those things that are sinful and wrong and to plant these seeds of what is good and righteous and to begin to cultivate and grow those inside of us so that we can live a new and better life. And we are often cutting ourselves off from God speaking to us because we don't have enough ways for his word to get into our lives, whether that's you reading it, whether that's you making it a priority to come to church or watch online so that you can hear God's word preach or watch other sermons by other people. There's a whole lot better preachers than me online. You can get to them. Not the, don't come, stop coming to church. That's probably what that sounds like. But no, you get, there's, there's so much of God's word being taught, and we have greater access to it than ever before. You can even get a Bible app on your phone, and most of them will read it to you. You don't even have to read. You can drive, plug it into your car through the auxiliary channel, and just let this very rich, timbered man speak to you God's word. It's great. Okay? Don't fall asleep while driving. I think his voice might have a little bit of that quality to it too. But, but still, there's so many ways that you and I have to have God's word spoken to us and, and kind of injected into our lives. It's a shame that we maybe miss out on that more than we do because we're too busy waiting for the easy answer, which is some sort of divine sign in God to say, go left, not right, or something like that. Now, Again, God speaks any way he chooses, but I do think the rule is prayer is for us to talk to God and his word is for him to speak to us. That's the primary way I think that it happens. And that's why so often we tell people, you need to read your Bible and pray. You need to read your Bible and pray. Why? Because those, that's the conversation. That's where those two come hand in hand so beautifully. 
So next week, what we're going to do is we're going to cover a few more basics, and we're going to talk about some of the specific things we say when we pray, like why do we say in Jesus' name, or why do we say amen, things like that. But I want to do one more thing before I close, and I want to offer you all one last invitation to get in on the, on the daily prayer guides that we're going to be sending out. Um, you can sign up to get these daily prayer guides. It'll be either an email or a text message, um, whichever you prefer. You can get both if you really want, and um, they'll come in the morning, starting tomorrow morning. Now, if you're someone who doesn't get up early, I apologize, but about 6 a.m., you're going to hear your phone go, ping, and you're like, who's texting me at 6 a.m.? The reason I'm doing that is because many, many people have been up for an hour or more, and they're wondering, come on, this prayer guide's supposed to be here so I can do this before I go to work. So if you hear your phone ding at 6 a.m., just go, oh, yeah, Anthony said that would happen, and go right back to sleep. Get to it when your alarm goes off. Feel free, okay? But what these are going to do is we're going to take the next month throughout this series to pray together. So every morning, we're going to wake up knowing that everyone in our church family, we're all praying for the same stuff, that we're joining together to ask God's blessing on our lives and for the community and for our specific spiritual faith. Sometimes we're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for all kinds of different stuff in the next month, but the beauty of it is that we're all going to do it together. You see, that's one of the biggest misconceptions of the Christian faith is that it's a solo sport. No, man, Christianity was a, is the team sport. I, I don't ever see a time in scripture where you have a Christian just consistently walking their, their walk with God all, all alone. That's not how it, do, how it works. It's always people together encouraging one another, helping one another. This is our thing to do together. I would even encourage some of you to say, hey, did you look at your prayer guides every day? Did you, did you get the text? Did you read them? Did you pray? Ask each other those questions. Let's hold each other accountable because again, it, surely I'm not the worst prayer in the group. Maybe I am. I'm willing to accept that, and hopefully that'll change as we get this thing going this month, but hopefully there's more people in the same boat as me, and this can be a time where we really tap into this amazing power to talk to the creator of the universe, the God who can do anything and yet loves you enough to do almost anything for you that is for your good and his glory. So why would we not do that? And so I just really am excited about this month, and I think it could be an amazingly powerful time for us to see what God can do, not only in our, our personal lives, but in our church family. So you can sign up for those daily prayer guides, omecc.com slash connect, or you can write it on a, on a uh, connect card if you still got one, or if you just want to catch me before the end of the day, hand me a note that says, here's my email address. I want the emails. Boom. Whatever you got to do, I'm, we can make that happen, but we're going to start tomorrow, and I would love for you to join us this month, um, not just talking about prayer, but actually being a church that prays. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are, we are so grateful to be here again as a church family, and I just pray that this series can be a time when, when we, we really understand the beauty of this walk together. We can really start to see the power of what happens when your church, your people pray together. And so as we unite our prayers, Father, I just pray that in all things, that we would see you work, that we wouldn't just pray prayers, but that we would actually have our eyes open to the way that you work according to your goodwill. And so as we pray, I, I pray that some of this stuff might sound a little simplistic, but, but we need to know what we pray. Prayer is too big of a, of a topic. It's too important of an activity for us to, to miss out on aspects of it. And so I pray that, that Father, when we are, are getting up in the morning and we're looking at those prayers and those emails, that we would actually pause, even if we feel busy, even if we feel the day already kind of knocking at the door of our lives, trying to rush in on us, that we would take a moment to pray to you, to seek 
your blessing, to seek your guidance, to seek what you would have for us and how you would ask us to pray and how, and how you want to work just in our church, how you want to work in our lives. And so thank you for this awesome, amazing ability to pray. Thank you that though you are so big and, and just so, so much bigger than our minds can even comprehend, and that in the grand scheme of human history, we are here for less than a, a blip on the radar, that you still love us and you still care about us and you still listen to us. May prayer be something that we just, we value, that we live for, we enjoy, we look forward to, that it nourishes our souls the way, the way food nourishes our body. And I just thank you, Father, for this opportunity to talk to you. And I pray maybe this month as some of us, as we open your word and we pray, or as we read the scriptures a, a, along with our prayers, I just pray that, that we would see you speaking. We would see the ways you want to guide us and, and direct us and shape our hearts and our lives because we want to live for you. You've done so much for us, salvation through your son, and so much more. And we want to live and honor you and follow in Jesus' footsteps. It's in his name we pray. Amen.